Chapter 11. Research for Patients. The insight into the far-reaching unsuccessfulness of our current biomedical research, at least as far as its relevance for you as a potential patient is concerned, must lead to a radical rethinking if we do not want to continue to waste a large part of the resources and lead bright minds on wrong tracks with false incentives such as publications instead of medical progress. None of this is a criticism of my scientific colleagues, by the way. I am sure that the same brilliant minds who are now investing all their energy and strategy in producing nature, cell and science publications and are thus among the biomedical elite will be the ones who will make major patient-relevant discoveries with new incentives. Biomedical scientists must leave their organ silos if they are to do research relevant to patients. Medical faculties, university hospitals, biomedical research institutes and other research institutions that claim to do medically relevant research related to diseases and for patients must in future be judged solely on the basis of their relevance to patients. Universities and university hospitals may no longer steer career paths on the basis of publications. Research funders who distribute tax funds must distribute exclusively based on patient benefit achieved to date. Publications must no longer play any role whatsoever. I'm sure that this will drastically increase the success of biomedical research worldwide without investing a single euro or dollar more. And I'm even sure that all the scientists in biomedicine who are now struggling to get published in top journals will love to finally do research for what they actually studied medicine for, namely to help patients and not to fill journals. What might an ideal simple and effective grant-making process in medicine look like? Simple. Over the next five years, fund teams that have demonstrably researched or achieved patient-relevant innovations in the last five years. Researchers who have been successful in the past are more likely to be successful in the future. This so-called Matthew effect was observed as early as 1968 and has been confirmed several times. Whoever is in a team that was unsuccessful in the allocation of funds will look for a new team. Those who have been unsuccessful more often should consider doing something other than research. Not everyone who is passionate about opera is cut out to be an opera singer. And just because you find research interesting doesn't mean you are personally cut out for it. Positions at universities, for example, are limited. In his or her entire life, each professor will have, in purely mathematical terms, only one professor as his or her successor. If two of the doctoral students or postdocs of a professor later become professors themselves, this means, since the total number of all professorships remains constant or rather decreases, 
that a professor somewhere else will have no successor at all. All of his doctoral students and postdocs have not been able to find a permanent position in university research. That's just the way it is. That's why I've always been slightly puzzled by the many new junior researcher programs that are constantly being set up at universities. Of course, it is good if many academics have had some contact with research. But one should not infer from this that there is even a remotely secure career path to a permanent position at a university. The fixed budgets of the universities do not even allow for that. These positions are not available. However, research and innovation cannot be stopped, no matter how badly they are organized. It may just take a little longer. Let's take a detailed look at what the innovations will consist of and which of your personal big data can already be collected now.